Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Am Not Okay With Day. I am your host, Day. And you guys, today's a special day. This episode, it's going to be a little bit different, but it is going to be hopefully still equally as awesome. This episode is my dedication to therapy. And so I'm just going to spend this episode talking about a few lessons that I've learned while in this journey of self-healing because you guys, this week is the anniversary, one year anniversary of me being in therapy. And I just want to celebrate it. I want to talk about it. I mean, I know I talk about it all the time anyway in literally every episode. I talk about my therapist a lot. She is the best. (laughs) But I'm going to spend this entire episode just dedicating it all to therapy. We're not going to do our regular segments. It's probably going to be like a little mini episode. I'm not sure how long it's going to be, but I just want to celebrate. I want to celebrate this milestone of being in therapy and just how much that has helped me to grow. So let's talk about it, y'all. This week, well, by the time this comes out, it's going to be maybe like last week, I think, or a few weeks before. But the point is, it's officially been a whole year of me being in therapy. It's also been a whole year of, you know, the other thing, (laughs) Um, which I've said before is not actually the reason I started therapy. I actually um, was going to start therapy for something else that I was working with and dealing with. And it just so happened (laughs) that my ex dropped the bomb on me that he wanted a divorce the day before my first therapy appointment. So literally like the next day I had therapy and I have been in therapy every single week since, I think save of like two weeks because of vacation and stuff like that. But I've been in therapy for a whole year, you guys. (laughs) And it's crazy. It's been life-changing. Now as a therapist myself, obviously I promote therapy. I am a champion for therapy. Like I'm here for it, of course. And actually this is not my first therapist. I actually started therapy a couple years ago um, with another therapist. She was amazing, but um, that was only for a couple months because she ended up leaving. And so we never, we weren't able to, you know, finish, but this, this experience has just been so different and so amazing and so hard. And I really just want to talk about that. So you guys, In the initial like therapy choosing process, let me tell you that I had been talking to my best friend, okay, for months before I started therapy. And I told her, I was going back and forth. I was like, yeah, you know, I want to start therapy again. And she was all for it. She was like, do it, do it. And I would have the motivation and then I look it up and then I would get low and then I'd be like, all right, I kind of forget about it. And then I had her there just, Hey, did you find your therapist? Are you looking for a therapist? Really keeping me accountable. Shout out to all our best friends out there. Okay. And the search, you guys, a search for a therapist. Uh, 
it's hard because my first therapist I found, she was so good. She was exactly what I was wanting. I had specific criteria that I personally was looking for. She met the criteria and it was great. But after she left, actually, what happened was that this is my first one that I did years ago. After that therapist left, they reassigned me to another therapist. And y'all, it, it just, it wasn't working out. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't work out. Like it just, we were not clicking. I feel like she, her style was just not, it was not something that I needed. You know, it, it wasn't, it was just different. And so after that, I kind of left a little bit discouraged because I'm just like, man, like I had the best therapist ever. And now I got to start from scratch, you know? And let me tell you, finding a good therapist is literally like finding a partner. It is because there's so much that needs to happen in order for you to really be able to, to just get, or I think to start on the healing journey, you know, I think that there is a level of like vibes, compatibility, as I said, you know, um, a lot of these things can, can legitimately make or break your therapy experience. And so I kind of procrastinated just getting in therapy in general, because I was like, man, like to be able to do this again, it's going to be really, really hard. I'm not... I just don't want to go through finding someone that doesn't work out. Then I have to find another person. You know, I just want to find one person and stick with the person. But obviously to be able to stick with the person, they have to actually be a good therapist. You know what I mean? Or not even, not even a good therapist. They have to be someone that you click well with. So it was a journey, but I found her and I think she she's a godsend. I know this, this was the Lord he had his hand in this. I know it because I feel like I remember the first session. I mean, she was already blowing my mind, you know, with some of the questions she was asking me and things that she was saying. And I was like, okay, yes, yes. So, you know, let me tell you guys, therapy, it's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. As much as I praise therapy and I love it, and I will always praise it. It was a very, very difficult experience. Um, and it still is hard sometimes. I think that I'm in a place now where I'm a lot more open to talking about my feelings, but I didn't realize how hard it was for me to actually talk about my feelings, you guys. <laughs> and let me tell you, when I... I think for like the first couple months, I would leave my therapy sessions just drained, just like emotionally exhausted. Like I wouldn't want to do anything. I was like, bro, I can't, I can't, it's too much. And, you know, my therapist kind of called me out on it and she said, you know what? You're being very resistant right now. You're being so resistant to this whole process. It's like you don't think that you sh you are allowed to experience these feelings, and so you just push them down. And anytime they come up, you're just like continuously stifling them down, and it's hindering you from healing. And I was just like, "You're right. You're right. I know." 
<sighs> it's been a journey, y'all. So what I was thinking of doing is just sharing some lessons, some of the lessons that I've learned while being in therapy in hopes that if you're thinking about it, you go ahead and do it. I titled this episode, This is Your Sign to Get Therapy, because we all need therapy, first of all. I'm, I'm a strong believer. Everybody, whether, no matter what your situation is, you can always benefit from therapy. But I know that if you're like me in the beginning stages of my therapy journey, uh, in terms of like looking, maybe you might be procrastinating when you know you should do this. And I'm just here to tell you, it <laughs> and share just my experience with it and some things that I've learned along the way. So first thing, you guys, first thing, it's okay not to be okay. And I know you guys, I know it's cliche also. <laughs> Hello, the podcast is called I Am Not Okay With Day, but that is intentional. And the thing about it is, you know, as I said, I was so resistant to therapy because within myself, not even to therapy, I wasn't resistant, resistant to therapy. I was resistant to my own emotions. And that's because I felt like I shouldn't be feeling these emotions. Not being okay to me was like the hardest thing. It was so hard for me to admit to myself that I'm not okay and that I need help. I don't know. I mean, I think it goes right back into the superwoman syndrome. You know, I think I talked about a couple episodes ago where I think a lot of people have this. A lot of black women have this. It's like all our lives we're being told we're resilient. We got this. We are strong. Y'all are so strong. I, I can't tell you guys how many times I've heard that. And you know, we internalize that and not that it's really a bad thing. It's just that this, that kind of messaging tells us that when we are struggling, we shouldn't be struggling. Not even just that, like, it's okay to struggle, but like, you, we're not allowed, we're not allowed to struggle. And that's how I felt. And I didn't even realize it. And so, I mean, I had already been avoiding my issues for a while. I had just been hiding from them. And, you know, obviously when you're in therapy, you're forced to face the situation. Like you don't have a choice. You're forced to talk about it. But even when I, I mean, it was months that I was in therapy and continuously resisting because I felt like I shouldn't be feeling this. And it took a while for me to really understand, internalize, and really believe within myself. It's okay that I'm not okay. I went through a really terrible situation and I should actually feel the ways that I'm feeling and it's fine. And I don't have to be strong in these moments. I don't have to pretend like I'm okay. No one expects me to be okay right now. And I think for me, there was an issue of that. Like no one expects you to be okay. So it's just like, no, I have to prove to everybody that I'm really okay. You know, it's like, it's very ridiculous, but I really learned to accept, I think, 
that it's okay when I'm not okay. And I want to just share that with you guys. I mean, again, that's the reason why I started the podcast, right? I started the podcast. I named it I Am Not Okay With Day because I was so tired of pretending like I wasn't okay. It's more, more than tired too of just like telling everybody or showing everyone that I'm good. It was just like, I was so tired of lying to myself and telling myself that I'm okay. Like it was physically exhausting, emotionally exhausting. Like it was just so much. And once I was able to finally release and accept that, like, I'm not fine. (laughs) I am not okay. And actually be okay with that. There was a level of just freedom and peace. And let me tell you guys, I did not get this peace right away. Like I didn't start the podcast and then, oh, now we're good and we're, we're okay with this. Like, and if you guys have been following with me this whole journey, y'all know, I still have a hard time with not being okay. Like you guys, I started my new job and it's just this like perfectionist thing in me where I started a new job in a field where I don't really know a lot. And I already have these unrealistic expectations of myself to be perfect and to just go in there and know everything and have it down. And that's just, that doesn't make any sense. And it's not realistic. And I would never expect it from anybody other than me. So it's just like, why, you know, that kind of mentality, I still have, and I still struggle with, um, but, and the reason I'm telling you is that that's it. Like, just because you start therapy, you start the process, even if you've started and finished it and you're ex- in such a better place, you're going to still have down days. You're going to still have hard times and it's okay. And that's, that was hard for me because I was like, okay, I started therapy. I'm getting better. There was a time I will never forget. I had this one session a couple months ago and I was on high, you guys. I was like, I'm amazing. Everything is great. I'm at peace. And genuinely, like, I really did feel that. I really felt that. But like a week later, I fell into, I would say, a depressive episode. And I... Again, in that moment, it was so hard for me to say to myself, man, you're not okay. Because again, I had these unrealistic expectations of myself that, okay, once we're, we've passed the hump and we're good. And I think what therapy has taught me is it's okay to not be okay. And it's, it's okay to be okay. And then have another day when you're not okay. This is life. This is a part of the process. And multiple things can be true at the same time. You can be happy and sad at the same time. You can experience amazing moments and also grieve at the same time. And so it's not either or, you know? So that's my first lesson. My second lesson is you can be strong and also ask for help. Here's the thing, right? If I fall down and something falls on top of me and I get stuck, when I ask someone to help me, there is no embarrassment to help me get off this thing because like uh, something fell on me and I can't do anything about it. 
I, I within myself can't do anything about it because I'm literally stuck. But so why is it that when we're mentally, emotionally stuck, it's so hard to ask for help? I mean, I think a big part of it is that asking for help is very vulnerable, you know? Um, what it tells others I mean, what it says is that you need, you can't do it alone. And when you have a personality like mine, someone who's very independent and thinks that I already got it, I can do everything, asking for help is hard. And it's not just even about seeking like professional help because um, that was hard for me. But what I learned in therapy is asking for help from the people in my life just my friends and my family was so hard. It probably was harder than even asking for professional help. And I think that's because I have grown out of the stigma of mental health, being in the mental health profession and, you know, just working on working at this on on a daily basis. I don't believe in the stigmas anymore. I did before, but that's out the window. But when it comes to asking for help from my family and friends, I don't know, there's something about it that just, it's so hard for me because I think it comes back to my superwoman mentality of like, everybody looks at me as someone who has it together. So if I ask them for help, I don't look like a reliable person. I look weak. I'm not strong. I, what if they could, they feel like they can no longer come to me because I'm struggling, you know, people are not going to want to talk to me about their issues and they're not going to feel like I can help them because I'm so, I'm dealing with my own, you know, that's the mindset that I had. And I really had to get, get away from that because you guys, we need people. The, here's the thing. God never put us on this earth by ourselves. As much as even if you're the most introverted person, even if you're the kind of person who thinks that you don't need anybody, like that's a lie. You need people. We all need people. If we didn't, we would be on the earth alone but we're not. And the thing about it is like people, we have people in our lives for multiple reasons. And one of those reasons is to give us help when we need it, you know? And I, I mean, I learned that the hard way, even recently, I mean, even with my parents, like, you know, I have not been in a good financial situation pretty much since everything has happened. And they know that. And they never expected me to like figure it out by myself, but I don't know if it was just the pride or just feeling like a burden. I think it was, a, I think it was a, a combination. I think a big part of it for me was feeling like a burden. You know, I just didn't want to ask for help. I felt really bad up to recently. I still like, it's still hard for me to ask them for anything. And I'm a part of it comes to from like, again, the expectation that I should have it all together. I should be able to take care of myself. I'm a 29-year-old. I shouldn't be relying on my parents. You know, all these like shoulds, you know, very much black and white thinking, which is a big struggle that I have. But the problem is, no, 
I got out of the divorce. I didn't have a job and I haven't been working all this time. So obviously, well, I mean, I've been working my part-time job, but the point is now that I've stopped and, and I'm in this transition period, of course, I'm not going to have anything. So like, it makes sense. And they knew this, they, they knew they would need to help me. I knew they need to help me. I knew they need to help me. And like, it's okay. And they have never made me feel like, oh, we can't do it or anything or feel ashamed of asking. But somehow I always feel ashamed. And, uh, you know, it's something I really have to get away from. But I, I, I said earlier about, you know, being a burden. I think that's a big part of it too. Maybe it's a twofold lesson that you're not a burden when you ask for help. Especially when you ask for help from the people closest to you. Now, here's the thing. I understand there are a lot of people who don't have ideal situations, you know, like family situations and stuff like that. Like everybody's parents are not supportive. Everybody's parents are not understanding of mental health issues or whatever it is. I get that. But I, I, I feel like everyone has a friend, at least one friend, a really, really close friend that genuinely loves you unconditionally. And I guarantee you, you are not a burden to that person if you share something that you're struggling with or you ask them to help you with something that you're struggling with. You're just not. And we have to get that out of our heads. I mean, I didn't even realize that was something I felt until I was going through this because the truth is I spent a lot of my friendships being the person that all my friends come to, you know, to ask for help with the situations. Like I was everybody's therapist, everyone's advice giver. And so, and I liked it. Like, it's not like I hated that role. I really loved it. And therefore, I think I place a lot of, um, I place a lot of emphasis to on my identity being that person. So when I was no longer that person, I not only did I just feel like, who am I anymore? Like, I, I don't even know this person. I don't feel like connected to myself, but it's also like, I feel like I'm burdening everybody with my problems. And that's just not true. And I just want to share that with you guys and let you know, take it from me. You're not a burden. Here's the truth too, y'all. Every single person in this world, whether you're Beyonce, whether you're a regular degular like me, has problems, <laughs> okay? Everybody has problems. There is no person on this earth that has no problems. And therefore, it's fine to talk about your problems and to want help because we're all in the same boat. I mean, you know, like you, people always say like, I don't want to put my problems onto you or I don't want to burden you with my problems as if to say that there's the only person with problems. And I just want to just say, everybody has problems. Everybody has issues. You, we're not unique in the problems that we're having. And I guarantee you that with whatever issue that you're dealing with, there is at least one, but if not, 
multiple people suffering from the exact same thing that you're going through. So ask for help from professionals, definitely, yes, and also for family, from your family and your friends, because they're not going to turn you away and not want to deal with you because you have problems. They won't. Here's another thing. I used to tell this to my clients all the time. The thing about when people talk to you, like, and this is something I realized for myself too, like I loved being the person that everybody comes to, to talk about their problems. And a big part of that is because guess what? When I'm talking about other people's problems, I'm not talking about my own problems. <laughs> it gives me some respite to not think about my problems. I would tell my clients all the time, listen, you're not a burden to the people that you're talking to because they're getting respite from their problems by talking to you about your problems. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a joke, but not really. It's the truth. Tell me I'm wrong, y'all. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Which brings me to, you know, the last major lesson that I've learned. And that is vulnerability is strength. I talked about this in the very first episode of the podcast, but I want to talk about it again because I feel like it's something that needs to be emphasized. In our society, in our culture, in the Caribbean particularly, amongst Black people, we have this idea that being vulnerable is weak. And it's so false. And it causes so much harm because we have, there's so many of us just walking around heavy with the burdens because we feel like we're weak if we share it. I just said, we all have problems. Everyone has an issue. And that means that you're not unique. You're not the only person that's struggling. So for you to be open about those struggles, it actually can be helpful with everybody else. I mean, I think a major thing that I have experienced with this podcast is... I was terrified to share how I was feeling initially, but once those first couple episodes came out, I received so many messages from people telling me, I feel this way too. I'm so glad you're talking about it. Thank you for sharing this. I feel it. Me too. Same. I've gone through the exact same thing. And like, these are the things that bring us together, you guys. Not only does being vulnerable and open help you, it helps other people. And that's my whole premise of this podcast. That's the reason I started it, is because I really wanted to help someone, let someone know that you're not alone. Like you're not by yourself and it's hard, as I said before, talking about your feelings, especially when you're someone who has resisted it for years and avoided it for whatever reason, it is difficult, but it's one of those things where it's hard at first, but once you let that go, you realize how you realize that it really was not that hard. 
it, it's just, I think it's one of those things where you build it up in your head as this big, but when you release it, you feel a sense of relief. You really do. And I mean, for me, y'all, I can say this in complete transparency that this, I don't know which episode this is at this point, but I have been recording this podcast now for a couple months. It's been maybe like seven or eight months right now. And I am so comfortable doing this. Like talking about my feelings is not a problem at all. I mean, when I think about how terrified I was before, it's funny because now I'm like, yeah, this is it. I'm here telling y'all all the things and I don't have any shame in expressing whatever it is that I'm feeling. And a big part of that is because I realized not only just the relief that I had, but honestly, how much stronger within myself I felt when I was able to be vulnerable. And, you know, in therapy, I mean, that's the beginning of the vulnerability, I think, because you have no other choice but to be vulnerable with the person that you're talking to, with the, your therapist. And I mean, you're really talking about all the things. I mean, if if you're taking it seriously, you know, I talked about things in therapy I had never talked about before. And I really went to some places that I have never went, but it was not as bad as I thought it would be. And let me tell you, after every single therapy session, there was always a sense of relief. Always. Even when it was really hard, like even when I felt exhausted back in the day, there was still a big part of me that felt like I can finally get this out. And you know what it, you know what it was for me? A big part of the exhaustion um, for me back in the beginning was that I would let it all out in therapy and it would feel so good, but I would feel like I have to close it up until the next week. So I would keep it closed, open up the box in therapy, close it, open, close until my therapist called me on and was like, Hey, you can keep the box open. You don't have to close it up every time. And once, I mean, again, a big part of that was just, the weakness that I felt due to being vulnerable outside of therapy. But once I was able to let it, let it go. I said, I tried, what I did was let me try to be vulnerable with my friends. Maybe if I'm, you know, cause I think I had a lot of fear of expressing my emotions to my parents initially. But so I said, my, I said to myself, okay, let me, let me share with my friends and see how that goes. I just kind of like tested it and it was a pleasant surprise every time. And I mean, I shouldn't have been surprised because my friends are amazing, but it was like me being vulnerable with my friends. I feel like it brought us so much closer together and it made it okay for them too to share whatever it is that they were feeling. And, you know, as I've been able to do that more with this podcast, I just realized how, how much stronger I am because of it, you know? And that's all I want to say, y'all. Vulnerability is strength. We have to get rid of the, the stuff that society tells us about being vulnerable because it's just not true. And we're causing ourselves more pain when we keep it in. Let it go.
so there it is, y'all. Just a few lessons that I have learned over this past year in therapy. I'm going to say it again. If you are contemplating getting into therapy, stop contemplating and just do it. Just do it because it is life-changing. And I guarantee you, your life will never be the same because, because of it. You will not regret doing it. Every person that I have ever known that's been in therapy, they've never regretted it. Like I can't find, I can't think of any person who's done this that feels like, man, I wish I did it. Because even if it's the hardest thing in the world, it's something that's going to help you ultimately. And, you know, if you let it, if you take it seriously, if you take what you learn in the, in the sessions and you apply it, your life will change for the better. So do it, just do it. <laughs> like what Shia LaBeouf says, you guys do it. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so there it is, y'all. My therapy anniversary. I am grateful and I'm going to keep on keeping on. I hope for you nothing but healing and relief, release, peace, joy, love. Until next time, you guys. Bye.